welcome back or welcome to the Humans of Triathlon or Hot podcast where we bring you the ordinary but extraordinary world of triathlon one human one story at a time with the aim to inspire and to celebrate this life-changing sport and its humans through real authentic raw and enjoyable conversations with humans of triathlon from around the globe and from all walks of life Welcome to today's episode of Humans of Triathlon, brought to you by Charles Hunk in the UK, our creator, Swapnil Shohan from Australia, who unfortunately cannot be with us today, and me, Sheila Trelevin, currently at Ironman Tremblant in Quebec, Canada. We have an incredible show for you today. So sit back, grab your snacks, or turn up the volume on your car radio. We have an inspiring guest. Take it away, Charles. All right, so today we have a very special guest. She's a, you can say, recent triathlon convert. And to give you a little hint of what's to come, I think she's someone that you can easily spot from a mile away in a race, right? So she's what's called a covered athlete. I am not sure how many covered athletes in the world, but I'm sure this is very special and unique. Uh, When I first read that line, I was like, what? Uh, and then I thought, you mean like special news coverage athlete or something? But it's no, nothing like that. If you stick with us for the next hour, you'll find out what we mean. So today, live from the land of Nelson Mandela and Desmond Tutu, I was going to say the land of Simba and Mufasa, but actually it looks like they come from Kenya. So apologies in retrospective. Also, the host of last year's Ironman 70.3 World Championships and land to the only full Ironman race on African soil, which I will personally attempt next year. And this is not counting Ironman Lanzarote, which technically speaking, in my honest opinion, I think is in Africa as well. And very importantly, if you like steak, as in proper steak, and apologies in advance to my vegetarian, vegan listeners, Cook the way you want, from the cut you want, and the way you want. Forget about Argentina or anything else you may have heard. This is the place to go. So, without further ado, I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is our first ever guest from Africa. So, from South Africa, please welcome to the hot podcast, none other than Tasneem Patel. Hi, Tasneem. Welcome to the show. Hi. So, in... um traditional way of greeting from South Africa, I greet you with Dumela, Hoyamwara, Sawubona, Salam, Namaste, and the most common way of greeting, how is it? I'm so privileged and so happy to have been selected to be on your podcast, as well as being featured on your Facebook page, Humans of Triathlon, and on your Instagram page. So thank you for hosting me. I am a 38-year-old mom, I'm a wife, and I live in South Africa in a province called Durban, which is in KZN, and uh, I enjoy the triathlon field. A little bit about me, I started off as a runner, and from running, I actually used to do the Saturday park run. And uh, there was an event taking place the same day as the Saturday Park Run. 
and we had to like sort of like shuffle around to do a um, different starting point. So I went over to the event organizers and I asked them like, what is all this year going on? And they said, no, they're hosting a triathlon. And I didn't think too much of it. Uh, for me, I didn't know what it was. And um, not long after that, my husband was watching a documentary on TV and he called me. And he said to me, uh, come and have a look at this. And I said, what? What is it? And he said, look at these people here in KZN. They're basically doing this thing called an Ironman. They all just swam and now they're about to cycle and now they're going to run. And I was like, what? I'm like, how? How is that possible? Like, what kind of like endurance do you need to have to do all of that? And when I sort of like put all of this together and I thought of this event and I was like, no, you know what, I, I, I need to know more about it. So coming back to these people that was hosting the triathlon um, on the same day as the park run, it sort of like came up like quite often and um, I went and I had a look at it and uh, I saw that they offered a running option only. So I entered for it. And... After I did the run, I sat around and I watched these people coming out from the ocean and now they're getting onto their bikes, they're shuffling and changing. It wasn't the, there wasn't a transition tent, so everything was open. And they're changing and they're all like, you know, getting onto their bikes and then they're like coming back and people are running. So it was like people all over. And I needed to find out more, like what is going on. It just sort of like had this moving... You know, like, I want this. I need to know how do you do this and what do you need to do. I went to uh, one of the organizers and I said, you know, what is everyone doing here? So they said, no, we offer all these different um, categories. So there's a mini triathlon, there's a sprint triathlon, and then there's the bigger distance, which is the challenge distance, which sort of most people will know as your Olympic distance. And he says, no, you should try it. And, you know, just as a beginner, try the mini one and see how you do. At the time, I didn't have a bike. I wasn't much uh, into swimming and that. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to try. I went and bought me a second-hand mountain bike, which was, I mean, I didn't know. No one told me anything about what you need to do in the triathlon field. So I just went with a mountain bike and, you know, started swimming. I didn't swim in a 25-meter length pool. I swam in an indoor heated kiddies pool. So for me, I was, I was thinking, you know what, I'm doing something. Like, I'm like, you know, this is my training now towards a triathlon. And a couple of months down the line, uh, this event came up. So they hosted it, like, quite often. It's for the people to get into the whole triathlon field. And um, I woke up one morning, I just grabbed my mountain bike, a swimming cap, goggles, towel, my khakis. I mean, I didn't have cleats and all of that at the time. And I just went for it. It was a 100-meter swim, a 5-kilometer bike, and a 2.5-kilometer uh, run. I know it doesn't seem like much, but that's the one I said, you know what, let's start off small. Let's not be too uh, ambitious and go for the bigger one. But I promise you, it did something to me. I was like, I can't believe how difficult it was, you know, sort of like from the swim and going into the ocean. So the swim for 100 meters, if anyone would know, is basically yourself. So we were just swimming through the waves and waves and we were getting knocked and crashed and I lost my goggles and I kept them somewhere else. And, you know, it was like a washing machine sort of like um, feeling, but I was just loving it. For me, I had no uh, thought on um, 
fear or you know time or anything like that. In fact, I, I didn't even have a proper triathlon watch at the time. And then the next thing I knew, we were all on our bikes, so we did the circuit loop. And I came back, and being a runner, I thought, oh, here's my chance. You know, 2.5k run, I'm going to like, you know, get a good time now on my run. But it was so hard. And I was like, why was it so hard? I had no idea of this brick, uh, brick feeling, you know, from a bike to a run. And I was like, no, I need to get better at this. I need to do more of this. So this year happened round about in 2015. And um, I sort of had it on my cards of something that I really wanted to go into. Um, at the time, if, if you've read my story, you would know that I come up from a uh, background of fighting depression. So I was currently on medication and being a runner in the ultra medicine field, we have something in South Africa called your comrades uh, running event. And your comrades uh, medicine is basically an 89 to 90 kilometer run. And uh, that was why I had my mindset on, you know, I'm, I'm going to wean myself off this medication. I fought this battle with depression and I need to know that I am physically, mentally a stronger person. So I took to training for this medicine and um, that was where my goal was and you, you're basically running medicines and you're running 21 kilometers and ultra medicines and I built up to it and I completed this 90 kilometer run and that was a magnificent achievement to me physically and mentally. But after that I was like, okay, now what do I do? You know, I, I conquered one of the biggest events within South Africa and now I need more. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I looked into this Ironman field and I was like, okay, we don't have a lot of the Ironman events within South Africa. So I started looking for whichever other organizers were, you know, hosting events. And then I came across um, the 5150 Ironman um, Olympic distance. And I, I told my husband, you know what, look at this event. And I said, it's exactly the same time as our anniversary. And I said, let's, let's treat ourselves and let's, let's do this uh, 5150 as a treat for both of us, you know, an anniversary present. And he still started laughing and he said, okay, you know what, let's just, let's, let's go, let's try and do it. I, we, we, we trained, we went, we booked, um, it was in a different province and we booked a, a holiday accommodation. And at the time, my dad was still alive and he came. So he knew he's got this daughter who's into sports, but he's never ever seen me um, participate at an event. So this was his first time to see me do an event. And I mean, out of all events, he saw me swimming, he saw me uh, cycling, he saw me running. So it was like so magnificent for him to witness his daughter doing all of this. Um, a couple of months later, my dad passed away. So I held on to this event it's my first and only event that my dad was there. So it, it, it holds like a special place to me. In fact, uh, within South Africa today, this event is taking place. It's in Bella Bella in, um, in the Johannesburg area. And I'm having all these FOMO, you know, like uh, moments of like uh, the whole event and the swim and the, the cycle was an elevation, like just, you know, it just continued. And it's a very altitude kind of uh, place. So I'm, I'm, I live in the coast. So when we travel up to uh, altitude areas, it's like more difficult for the breathing and that. But I conquered it, I did it, and it was just the biggest achievement. So now you're sitting with, okay, you've done this Olympic distance, which was a 1.5K swim, a 40K bike, and a 10-kilometer run, but you want more. And I'm like, I want the big one. 
I didn't even look at the 70.3. I had my eyes set on this big, full Ironman distance. Um, but with everything, you have to have it in moderation. You need to build up. I'm a runner, so for me, cycling was like, oh, let's get on the bike and wear like pretty looking socks and look all trendy. So I didn't know cadence. <laughs> I didn't know what. For me, you know, cycling was just like a happy go vibe. Um, so I had to learn now to build up into, into cycling and doing whatever. And, um, from there, I had this whole list of all these events I wanted to achieve. So there was a specific uh, ultra marathon that's hosted within uh, Cape Town, which is called the Two Oceans Marathon. It's one of the most beautiful marathons to do in the world. It's recognized as that. And I said, you know what, let me first achieve this thing here, and then I'll go and do a, um, a, a 70.3 triathlon. And I went on and I achieved this triathlon and I started building up. Um, I picked up an injury within running, so it was a major setback. But I said, you know what, if running is not going to be there at the moment, let's, let's go into something else. Um, I looked at everything within the triathlon field and I said, okay, my cycling needs to get up to scratch as well as my swimming in the, in the ocean. Um, there's obviously that fear of swimming in the ocean, you know, the surf and the coming out of the surf. We sort of have very... For um, sharks? Um, Does that fear you at all? <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll actually tell you the story about all of that. But um, my biggest fear of swimming in the ocean is actually the waves. I used to get overwhelmed by this huge thing coming over me and I just used to freeze. That was what my fear was. So I said, you know what? I need to get over this fear. Um, I found a group of friends and we all got into this together. We found a guy and I don't know what it was that he did. He got this fear out of us. In fact, most triathletes start off with him and it's something that he gives you that it's just this confidence. It came to such a point where I used to sometimes travel uh, uh, 21 k to actually get to this group to swim with them. So, you know, I mean, you like think to yourself, Travel, you're driving 21 k's just to go and swim like two kilometers in the ocean and then driving back 21 k's, you know, it doesn't, it used to be like so funny for me. And often I used to be late, so I used to find myself swimming alone in the ocean. But now I had this thing where, um, I can't run and this love for swimming came upon me. It became such a thing where I found myself actually swimming alone. And for me, it was the most beautiful feeling to be in this majestic ocean all by myself and people thought I was crazy but I don't know why I just had no fear yes there were things in the water but we uh we have shark nets where we do swim but obviously you would have your reef sharks and where we are designated to swim there is a um a reef so you have your rays and you have a whole lot of other marine things but we don't interfere with them and uh, we've never had incidents with them troubling us and um, yeah they are there you see the sharks you see uh, you know if, if my mother's going to hear the podcast she's going to start freaking out but you know <laughs> of your daughter swimming alone in a shark infested water, water yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um, I used to just go and swim alone and I, I just didn't have that fear and I, I just enjoyed this moment and we have Within our summer months, it's so beautiful because you have this welcoming with dolphins. I actually got to swim into a pot of dolphins. And I thought to myself, you know, if I didn't take this chance of finding this love for swimming, 
and leaving my running one side, I wouldn't have had this opportunity. So that's how I built up into the swim. And uh, from there this year, I went into uh, the 70.3 distance and um, we had one of the worst swimming conditions that day. The swells took us so far out that the lifeguards actually told us that we swam over the shark nets. So we had to be oh redirected back back to the back to the shore and um you know there's i'm still new ish at the at the whole swimming thing but i've learned that if you have someone who knows their pacing and how to swim straight and if you follow them you're going to go you know you, you won't go wrong it, it wasn't about the time it was just about having someone you know sort of direct you through the ocean but the swells that day were so terrible our boys were moved that we a 1.9 kilometer swim for me turned into 2.5. So most of my time was sort of like wasted. And when I came out of the surf, I, I sort of got into a panic. And I'm telling the lifeguard, I can't get out. I'm, I actually was like fearful. And he's telling me, you know what, just put your feet down. And I put my feet down and I was like, oh, the ground is right here. And he, But the waves were so high, I just like sort of like broke into fear. So anyway, I got out of that and onto the bike leg. And I suppose this has happened to a lot of people, or maybe it was just my last day. I just decided to leave my bike tubes and all my bike gear at home. And I had a puncture. And I had a whole lot of glass stuck within my chain. And I'm cycling on this 90k route, and I can hear my, my tire is off. And I'm like, I don't want to look, and I'm just continuing. But obviously, you know that something is wrong. And my husband also did the event at the day uh, on the same day. And I said, you know what? I can't call him now. I have no idea where on the road he is. I didn't have the heart to stop other cyclists for help because, you know, it's sort of like clashing into their times. And I just stood there and I cried and I, I was gutted. I mean, any cycler, any triathlete would know your first, you know, big event you're doing. And I said, oh, you know, I just pull yourself together and just wait for, um, you know, the event organizers to come with their assistant vehicle and you know just continue you know just just move along so i decided to go back to the event i was quite far out and i rode with this flat all the way back to where the starting of this event was and along comes my husband and he's like what what happened to you and i just poured my heart out and i was crying and he's like no no just calm down and he he told me he says it's not your fault he says you trained you built up for this but you were dependent on a bike and it was the bike that sort of let you down, not yourself. Yeah. You know, so you had to have that, like, something to boost me up. Um, what this event, the, um, the organized, uh, the, the marshals and the, you know, the guys sort of, like, keeping track with everything happening on the event, they approached us and the guy advised me, he says, you know what, if you're going to fix up your bike and you're going to continue on the cycle, a lot of your time has gone already and you're going to end up being cut off. And he told me, he says, we will accommodate you. Just go back to the um, to your transition. Get yourself ready for your run. He says, never mind, you didn't complete your full 90K. Um, and just go into your run. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, okay, you know what? As long as I'm not going to have a did not finish or, uh, you know, just uh, qualifying and that day. I said, he's accommodating me in this way. And uh, I went back and I had one of the most beautiful 21-kilometer runs. You know, um, my time was good, my pacing was good, and that sort of like just covered up for everything that happened with the bike thing. Nice. And uh, I just, I, I, I just took the whole experience, and I said, you know what? This was your first seventy point three that you do, you, you're doing, 
and it didn't go as you planned. But I know that I have this mindset where I will go back and do another one, and I will I will come out stronger. Um, I we we have something in South Africa called the Midma Mile, which is a, a mile swim across this dam. And the first time that I attempted it, I um, I didn't um, I didn't complete it. I had the guys uh, take me out at uh, 1.3 kilometers, so I was right there. I could see the finish line, but I didn't have the strength to finish it. I was I was just fatigued. And your mind is telling you, but there's the finish line. You can do it. You can go. But your body didn't have anything in in it to, you know, sort of push you. And I and I said to myself, I sat there and I said, you know what? You will come back stronger. That's that's what you need to do. And how I came back stronger was when I did the 51:50 Ironman. I completed my swim in that 1.5 k um, kilometer swim, and I was like, this is how you do it. This is how you come back stronger. You do your swim, you do your cycle, and you do your run. So I, you know, you have to have that mental sort of like I will be able to do it and this this is where I'm starting now um okay we sort of like in our winter months at the moment so I'm we do not want to be in the ocean where it's a bit chilly and coldish even though with the wet too but your ears and you know your your head gets cold and I yeah. said I'm gonna start training and I will build up to another 70.3 and um, I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna do it with a good time and I'm gonna come back stronger so yeah, so that's like my whole triathlon story that's been carrying on. And um, you were telling me about being called the covered one. So when I started off with these triathlons, I was basically uh, in a field where I was the only person who was covered, even sort of in the running field. Um, and when I say covered, I'm like covered with my arms, legs, the head covering. Um, it, that's sort of like my modest dressing. And I was very intimidated in being in this field, but I, I, I sort of realized people coming up to me and they were like asking me questions. Do you not feel hot? And your transition from your swim and, uh, you know, you, you basically now wearing underneath your wet, uh, your, your, uh, your uh, wetsuit. I had all this, uh, long tights and a t-shirt underneath and they were like, are you not comfortable? I'm like, no, I'm actually quite comfortable because everything just gets sort of slipped on and quick, quick, and, you know, I'm basically ready to go. So uh, I sort of, like, stood out in the crowd being um, this one covered person. And uh, not only that, but within uh, our different race, you know, within South Africa, I was, like, the only Indian. And uh, it was like, um, like a, you know, like such a fascination for people to see. Okay, there are other women in the Indian field, or um, you know, like dark skinned, and uh, or uh, you know, just like participating. And it actually brought in more of other people to feel, you know, what we can do this, and we can participate. And South Africa is a country where we are so friendly and so open, and people are accommodating. So I sort of like got more um, people to to actually enter from my kids, from my friends, you know, to relatives as well. And it sort of started growing upon people to see, okay, you know what, if they're watching you on social media doing this, it's something they will be like, I want to do it as well. That's awesome. And, um, Sorry, can I just and, and interrupt for a yeah? second? Because sure. your story is so, so interesting and, and you're going, but... I, 
you know what, I'm, I'm also one of those curious people. And I have all those same questions that when people come up to you and talk to you about like what you're wearing, um, and how that affects you. Because I guess I'm assuming that you probably in the swims in South Africa, you guys always have a wetsuit on. Uh, it just depends on the water temperatures. Um, like within the, if we're swimming in the ocean, and that sometimes we do have warmer conditions, and then it's like a no wetsuit uh, swim. But uh, most of the time, they sometimes they give us the options. You want to swim with it, swim with it. You don't want to swim with it. It's it's up to you. Okay. But you know what? We we all want that buoyancy and extra yes. gliding through the water <laughs> feeling. So we're like, no, put the wetsuit on. And I'm anemic, so I feel cold very quickly. So for me to have that extra warmth of a wetsuit on me is just, you know, really good. Um, so yeah, we, um, we allowed wetsuits at any time and that it's just, if it's very warm conditions, then only they'll tell us no wetsuit. So if you don't have a wetsuit, so I'm just asking not just for me, but I'm sure there's lots of other people you mentioned like your suit. If you don't have a wetsuit, what, do you have like a special, um, like a tighter covering or something like that that will, that'll go through the water how how does this one work for you and and this is I feel silly asking but do you still have like a head covering or is your bathing cap enough for the swim how does that work yeah so basically what I would wear is um okay so I would wear my normal running tights that I would be using throughout the triathlon so um there is the okay so it will start off like this I have my running tights on and then I will have a all-in-one long sleeve swimming costume which is a quick dry fabric um, and from there I would wear my wetsuit over that so the minute the wetsuit comes off I've got this like sort of like all in one I sort of look like this like black ninja oh, you know okay. like ready to fight all in black <laughs> yeah I've got all of that and it's quite uh, comfortable it's nothing like loose fitting it's just you know like more comfortable for me and then over that, I will wear my, um, so when it comes to the bike thing, okay, you would normally have your tri-suit underneath. Yes. And, you know, you take off your wetsuit and you've got your tri-suit and you're ready to go. So I will end up putting over my running tights, a slip-on, um, if, if, you, if you look at my picture on the humans of triathlon, it's a basically a cycling skirt. Um, so I wear that and uh, it's, draped over my tights and then I will put on my club t-shirt that uh, you know for your cycling and um, and if you're ready to go and then when you come back from your transition it's um, then it's just to change your tackies because you've got all oh, your, your gear on so my transition yeah my transitions do take a little bit longer I allocate a little bit of change time and that but I've realized from the swim sometimes if you have these longer swims and you're transitioning you sort of feel a little bit woozy and that's it gives me that little bit time to change and I mean I'm not competing and I'm not in the elite field so you know you're allocating your time for each discipline um, once you once you start your watch so I take that little time to just change and hydrate and eat also and um, yeah and then I get on with it and then coming back to you asked about uh, the head covering so normally I'll wear like a buff um, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the buff thing that they use yeah. uh, I wear one in the winter. <laughs> yeah. So I'll have a buff and then I'll have my swimming cap over that. Um, but people are so respectful. Like they don't really want to be in your business or stay at you and wonder why you have this on and that. But I don't wear the full head covering because in previous times I found it to be, um, 
it's sort of like comes over into your face and safety is more important than, you know, like having things blocking your way and that. So I'll have the bum mm. on and I'll have my swimming cap over and everything is sort of like neatly. So once the swimming cap comes over, it's not like my hair is open and that, but, you know, the, and then I'll tape on my, my head covering and, um, yeah, then I'm good to go. So everything I've like, it's taken me time to work with like what fabrics work for me what is comfortable for me and that and I've like now got like my set clothing and everything is just quick slip on slip off you know and and you're ready to go thank you for sharing that no it's 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 um it's yeah it is curious like how how the clothing works um when you're when you're covered in this yeah and it's not only like with um like my religion and the covering and that I've had people from other race uh, coming to me and asking me you know what, like where did you get the head covering? Because um, we have really uh, hot conditions in South Africa. And if you're participating in the summertime, yes. it's really, you know, you're, you feel that burn and we hit quite high temperatures. So everyone wants to take into, um, uh, you know, the, the whole concentration of uh, sun protection, covering the arms, covering their legs, uh, or maybe even like on the neck area, you know. And um, so it's like, People would like ask, like, what fabrics you're using, or where did you buy your sleeves? You know, your long sleeves to cover up and that. So it's it's nice to have like other people also interested in wanting to be sun sun safe, sort of to say. Mm. For sure. I have a question, Tasneen. Have you met any other covered athlete yourself in any race you've been? Um, I haven't met any other. Um, just trying to think. No, actually, I have, but she's like in a whole different area that she lives um, uh, quite far from me. So I'm in KZN and she's in Cape Town. And uh, through social media, we sort of like um, came to know of each other. You know, we were like trying, we, we are a very small community of like women who put ourselves out there. So when we do identify each other, we're like, oh, you're also like with the head covering and you also do all these sports. And you sort of like become like friends. You don't know who you are, but you just become friends like that. And uh, I did meet this one lady. And in fact, she did her full Ironman this year. So I told her, I said, she's like one of my biggest inspirations. And I watched her running and running down that red carpet and, you know, just uh, putting herself out there. And I told her, I said, you're like one of my biggest heroes. And um, I do have another friend as well who covers up. And she also uh, saw me doing these triathlons. And uh, she was curious and she says, you know what, you've given me this hope that I also want to participate and I want to do all of this. And it shouldn't be anything, we don't feel like anything's holding us back. And uh, like I said, South Africa, we are so open and so accommodating, like nobody will tell you, oh, you banned from this and banned from that. Um, we did have rulings before about your arms being visible on the swim. Um, it's a safety, there's a, some safety thing around it. Yeah. But uh, when we spoke to the race officials and, you know, we said, like, look, we, we all cover up and, like, how are you going to accommodate us? Like, even with um, with some of the men, they do not wear, uh, you know, they, they wear longer trousers and they, uh, they said, you know what, we will bypass the rules uh, to accommodate you guys. So they don't, like, um, make it difficult for us. Like, that's, that's, that's my country. We, they, they, you know, they don't... Um, force rules upon people they are a little bit more stricter with those that are competing on the elite level so i i often joke with them and i'm like but what if i make it one day to the elite level are you going to give me like you know like 
um like issues about why i'm covering up and they just like giggle and laugh at the whole thought you know and i'm like okay like at least i have that little bit hope that one day i could make it there to the top um yeah so that's the whole thing about being covered and um it's it's a, it's a comfort as well you feel comfortable in what you wear and how you dress and that yeah i guess it's very important i mean obviously, obviously when i first read about your story i thought well maybe this is very it's just difficult no? it's, it's adding an, an extra layer of complexity about training right but uh, but definitely from what we hear like you say you no know, you feel comfortable it's uh, you can keep your your religious beliefs while at the same time doing a uh, like a very demanding competition like triathlon which is fantastic no and uh, and also i'm very surprised no that what you said that uh, there is a community right so uh, of people who put themselves out there and do these sports which is fantastic no uh, uh, i didn't know the it was yeah when i thought when i read about it i said oh my god so maybe she's the only one in the world no it's or maybe two or three but there's yeah there's more no and and you know with like social media on instagram if you're going to hashtag so we sort of go as hijabi um hijabi is the the word so hijabi means like head covering or your muslim dressing and if you hashtag it and that other people sort of pick it up if they're searching and from that day i've come to learn of people in america uh, who do triathlons and are runners and they are covered up and uh, there are people from other like i uh, i think it was in dubai there's, there's quite a few women in dubai um so you you sort of like identify with these women and you watch them and you actually see what um, clothing works for them and how they train as well and you realize that you know what you sort of like all similarly the same you know the the dressing the comfort um there was a lady i think in from iran as well and her country had basically had to accommodate her with a special change tent because when they doing the transition it was quite uh, i think the ironman field was open so they her country accommodated her with a, a special changing tent so that she's not visible to other people watching her change so uh, yeah it's nice to see how there's so many other women in in the world who are covered and you know we just we passionate about sports the same as anyone else and we just do what we want to do because it makes us you know happy um yeah yeah and and uh, i um you know with like learning about the triathlon thing i i told you i just i took my bike and i took my things and i had nobody to coach me to tell me i didn't know what a big training run was i didn't know about you know all these different different things and i sort of like learned and i i enjoy now mostly how people come to me and they look for advice from me and i tell them look you know what i'm not a coach i'm not a professional but i will give you all the advice i have learned over time to make it easier for you and i and and, and i love the part that people come back to me and say you know what your advice was so good that uh, it really helped in this way and that way so I feel like I benefited in a different way where I've shown this light about um triathlon to to so many other people to want to participate. So that's that's my whole big achievement about the triathlon field. And and coming back to I did the um this ultra triathlon this year and I had all this drama with the cycling and that it did put me off for a while. You know, I I I felt like a little bit disheartened and um I I said you know what um maybe I should just take a break from it and when the calling comes i i will i will start off with it again 
So last week they had a triathlon event and I just sat there looking and I said, ah, oh, should I do it? And I'm like, but I haven't been training much. And um, the entries had closed and I said, you know what, I want to do it. I'm going to do the smaller, the, the sprint distance. And I said, I'm you know, going to start off with this again. And I found myself phoning organizers and friends and I'm like, I want an entry. And they're like, but why so last minute? So now that, that feeling of wanting to do a triathlon is growing on me and it's getting warmer again. So I'm going to start with it and I'm going to get my kids involved as well and maybe get them to do the smaller ones and just let it grow from there. So how many kids do you have? Uh, I've got two boys. The so one is age 14 um, and the other one is going to be nine years old. Um, the 14-year-old, he's done a few triathlons as well. Um, I, uh, they love the swimming. Um, they love the cycling. And a lot of that comes from learning it from me you know if i'm going to the pool to swim they want to swim with me and and i love nice. and i love how they compete you know they they, they they somehow feel because i'm a mom they can sort of be the stronger you know the more competitive type and i and i often tell them yeah you know what i let you guys win and i let you guys sprint off faster than me so they know that i have this love for running but they want to sprint faster than me and even with the cycling it's like, you know, um, they, they enjoy it. And I, and I love that I've given this to them, that they have this love for sports. So my 14-year-old has done a, f a few triathlons, um, the smaller distances, and he enjoys it. He, um, and, I, and I tell him, you know what, you do this, you do it for yourself. You don't worry about the other kids that are taking part in their time, that, you know, that they're sprinting off faster or swimming faster. I said, you just do it to enjoy it. And, and that's what... Um, that's what he enjoys, you know, that he's taking part and he gets this lovely medal and goodie bags and whatever else that the kids are given. And um, I, I feel I've done them good in giving them this whole love for sports. No, that's, that's a great lesson. You know, it's, it's, it's fantastic for kids to see their, their parents out there doing stuff. And it sounds like your husband is active as well. So it's a great uh, family endeavor. I put all the blame on him. I mean, if anybody knows, the triathlon field is quite expensive. And when you yeah. like buy wetsuits and trisuits, then you need new goggles. You need goggles for your swimming pool. You need goggles for the ocean. You need, you know, all these different things. And then he'll be like, oh, you, you're shopping again online for like things. And you're going and buying running stuff and, you know, new fitness gear. And I said, but you did this to me. You showed it to me on the TV and you put it into me. So this is awful. <laughs> And he just laughed at the whole thing. And um, in fact, he was the one who kept on saying, I want to do Ironman, Ironman. And I never really knew what he was talking about. You see, he's a cyclist. So if uh, I, uh, what, what I've learned is your cycling is basically where most of your triathlon comes out from. And he, he had the cycling thing and he says, I just need to get my running right and my, and my swimming right. And I'm going to do this Ironman, Ironman. And, uh, you know, if I didn't sort of take a chance and do this mini triathlon with this big mountain bike of mine, and he wouldn't have taken this risk. He often tells me, I wouldn't have taken this risk to, you know, get into it. So I'm, I'm happy that I've, like, helped him to sort of also achieve this, um, this thing that he fell in love with, you know, watching this triathlon. And, uh, yeah, so he's also um, doing the... Uh, 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 the cycling and the running, he's 
got a little bit of issues here and there, but with the you know niggles, with the knee niggles and that. But it doesn't put him off. He he still goes for it and he still tries. So it's nice to have you know your 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 husband uh, side by side doing these things with you, and um, I think it makes it more meaningful when you have your family around to support you also. Mm. So that's that's basically yeah. So that's basically um the triathlon life of this name and uh, the picture that you have um, that day was basically called the Mandela Triathlon. You started off speaking about you know the country of Mandela and that was we have this August month is sort of like in memory of him and uh, you know the history around the, the whole thing with Mandela and that triathlon was basically taken uh, uh, was uh, hosted at a place called the Mandela Capture Site. It was like where he was taken, and you know all of that. So it's it's nice that that is the specific picture that was used, you know, just to represent like my like my country. And 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 I I can't begin to explain to you that humans of triathlon post that went on Instagram. It went viral. It was like all over. It was it went to people asking me for a newspaper interview that they wanted to publish it. I got called in. For Radio interview. Wow. Actually, I I, I messaged uh, Swap Neil and I told him I said you have no idea what the post has done. I said I'm I'm like everywhere. I said not only about the covered part, but about being South African as well. I said it's it's just gone viral in this tiny little country based in the bottom of Africa, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and he giggles and he says I'm so happy I gave you that. And um, <clears throat> it didn't just stop there. Uh, from there, um, it went into a, we, we are in August, which is uh, a women's month as well. So there was a campaign uh, being taken place in, in um, you know, in celebrating women this month. And I got asked to be part of this campaign. And this campaign has me now um, on, the, on, the, on the store windows, on their website, uh, you know, sharing my story about my fight against depression, how I got into running and fitness and triathlons and everything. So I, I go back to this Humans of Triathlon post and it basically went from one thing to another to me now giving group talks to people. So this is what Humans of Triathlon has done for me. It's opened up a whole new different light about two things. Number one, about my being covered and any, you know, sport is for everyone. And number two, about people fighting depression and, you know, like opening up and seeking help. So thank you for, for all of this that you've given me, you know, like to expose my, my love for triathlons and especially coming from South Africa to, to show you what, what, you know, triathlon is in our country. No, no. Thank you for sharing your story. I think uh, I think the good thing about uh, about what Swap Neil has created here is uh, that sort of um, the the reach, you know, that the, the channel has had, and being able to dispel so many myths, you know, about uh, what you can and you cannot do, uh, is incredible. You no, know? in all the stories that we've had from people, you know, from diseases or accidents or or religious constraints, like none of that uh, is a proof, no, that none of that has uh, a, a real boundaries on doing whatever you want. And I think triathlon is a very good example of, of something, I wouldn't say uh, your typical mom and pop 
it's not exactly what they do, but it is something that you know, like like impressive, you no? Know? Like uh, even though with all these constraints, you can actually go and do whatever you want, pretty much. That's uh, I think that's a message that uh, I've seen that uh, seems to be yeah. So I think that's very nice. And I've heard like people ask me, um, okay, so you've done this ninety kilometer run, and you you've gone into triathlons, and what what do you find is like more harder to do? And I'll be like, you know what? That 90k run was still easier compared to being in the triathlon field. I'm like that mental and that physical, every muscle, everybody. Like if you're running, it's just you know like a a one-way track thing that you're doing, like continuously run, walk, and that. And I said, but with the triathlon thing, you 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 basically using everything. Your mind is sort of like you know like um, like in different places. You uh, you're trying to. You, uh, you know, like, uh, psych yourself up, you know what, just, just keep going, just keep going, or just like keep swimming a little bit more And that. I said, you're using everything just to achieve a triathlon. So I said, you know, it's, it's something, if, if you want to do something really amazing for yourself, it's to do a triathlon. And, uh, yeah, so I, I love the stories on humans of triathlon. I read so many of them and I'm like, wow, everybody's got a story to tell. And it's so amazing, you know, like where they started off from and how they've achieved. And yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I think, I think well, I think this story also has helped me to understand also the a little bit of, and to, to see, you know, that even the uh, covered woman with a, with a strong maybe religious beliefs, you know, she can do whatever she wants. And I think that's a very strong message. You know, I, I live in a in a Muslim neighborhood in London. Okay. And I would say half of my neighbors are covered women. Okay. Um, and I've always wondered, you know, like, uh, like, do they feel like trapped or is it normal? Do they have a life uh, where they can do things? And, and but then I, and then I see your story and I'm like, wow. So it's just, uh, do you dis- dispel a myth just like that? No, it's just, uh, yeah, you can do anything you, know, you want. The thing is that, I, I have the option where I don't have to be covered up. So it's not like it's like was like forced upon me. I sort of like took it upon myself to want to be covered. And it sort of was like, uh, I felt like shielded. Um, a lot of, if you, if you speak to a lot of other women, it's sort of like you feel like you're in a, like, um, you know, it's like a comfort and a protective uh, covering, you know. Um, uh, and, um, I, I, it's, it's nothing that held me back. Like even like with the swimming, I, if, if I don't want to, um, you know, like wear whatever it is I'm wearing for swimming, I don't have to. But I feel like, you know what, I, I do what I feel is comfortable for me. And yeah, so I'm sure with like a lot of other women as well, it's sort of like, it's their choice and their comfort is, as, as you would say, you know, like, um, to, to be how ever you know, they want to dress and, yeah. And, and, and I, I, I've heard, like, people from, um, like, other women who will come and ask questions uh, with regards to, um, you know, like, was it forced upon me? And did your husband make you do this? And, you know, and I'm like, no, it's nothing like that. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's interesting to see how people are curious. And I, and I always say, you know what, it's, it's nice to hear people ask questions and that because you, you sort of like open a light to what they, you know, sort of like have concluded in their mind to sort of, you know, showing them that this, this is the real way.
Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously, when you have a cover that sort of uh, puts uh, some barrier, if you want to say, with the with someone who's not covered, and they they may feel scared uh, even to ask uh, or to approach. And you've had uh, in France, for example, I think a couple of years ago, you had this uh, huge row over girls being able to go uh, covered or not uh, because it, it it was not the norm. No, it was very dramatic case i guess but um but it's great not to hear that people actually approach you and they ask you questions and uh so we, uh, we we're sort of breaking down those barriers uh and and, and you, you see so often like in america and uh, like you said in france and a lot of other countries where the sort of like the muslim population are quite small and they have all these issues where they cannot dress the way they want to and they have to you know take off their head coverings and a lot of us women within South Africa, we actually, we, we say we are so lucky that we don't have these bands put on us. Like if we want to swim, they, um, you know, they, it's not to say that uh, people will say, no, you can't get into the pool because you have, you know, all this like covered clothing on you. So we are so fortunate in so many ways that we have this um, privilege to participate in dress however we want to. And it's not only about like my religion. I mean, there are, um, uh, ladies that are like the, the Hindu ladies, they they can wear their saris. Um, there are other uh, ladies from uh, the Jewish ladies. They have their different uh, dressing attire. So everyone is allowed to wear whatever you want to wear and feel comfortable however you want to feel comfortable. And and I always like used to firstly feel like I was like being judged that people were that. But when I saw people walking up to me and talking to me, I realized you know what. This, uh, we we're not a country where people will like judge you and make fun of you and that they it's it's um especially in the sporting field people are it's like you enjoying what you're doing and that and everyone's on their own so nobody's there to you know pick on you and and say don't wear this and don't do that and that so it's yeah so we're quite lucky I I must say within South Africa that we have this, this big big privilege. Mm. That's great. Okay, I am going to ask a South Africa question, though, just uh, yeah. from the perception of the, the West, sometimes the perception of going over there. So world championships were last year, and I, I knew there were a few, I know of a few people, or quite a few people that had decided to turn down the spot because of fear of um, their safety. So you're someone who's out there, you're riding bikes, you're, you're involved in sport, it's your community. And over here, we're thinking it's not a safe place necessarily to visit, but everybody wants to go um, because it's such a, you know, it's such a wonderful place. What's what's actually the, what's reality in terms of um, your safety while you're in South Africa or when you're out riding or uh, just in general? So with regards to safety, you need to be very cautious um, you know, like, uh, you need to know where you're running, firstly. You need to be aware. We do have a problem with crime or uh, that, but, like, it's in certain, certain areas that, you know, that it's there. But, obviously, we just need to have this, like, don't don't go and do things alone. Don't go and cycle, like, in isolated places or run in quiet places because you're putting yourself at risk. Um, so, but it's not, um, it's just like, it's like, you know, you're just going to be walking and someone's going to come in like uh, 
mug you and that there. But like when you're doing sports and that, it's always advisable to do it within groups. Don't just go wandering and doing stuff on your own or do it like at times where you are visible and people can see you. Um, so the, the, the sort of safety is like within all of us, you know, safety comes first, especially for women, you know, like make sure that you don't go in now run on some beach quietly alone and that but I suppose it would be in like any country as well. You know, don't go into places where you're gonna put yourself at risk and that. Um in terms of yeah, in terms of cycling, um we've had um we've had some or two incidents here and there, you know, cyclists getting knocked in that. So we've tried to accommodate, you know, with um with our main roads and that for safety and stuff. Uh, and, and we're quite lucky to have a lot of cycling clubs. So they they offer, you know, backup vehicles and that. So there, there is ways of being safe. And when it comes to doing um, events, um, there is a big amount of safety that goes into it. Um, you know, with the Ironman events or whether it's hosted by the Ultra events or whoever is hosting it and that there's the road closures, the... The safety of the athletes is, you know, first and most important. So um, you you said like other athletes had fear of coming. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I think that was in PE. If that was the Ironman PE, that's the um, the champs. I think it's hosted there. And PE is yeah. a beautiful, beautiful country, a uh, uh, province. It's like it's really, really like one of the nicest, um, okay. you know, uh, courses that you can do uh, for an Ironman. So there they is a lot that goes in um, within safety for the athletes when it comes to doing an event. Um, and and if coming in as a tourist, you obviously you'll have to be cautious. You know, are there, there are people that are going to try and, like, take advantage of, like, they can identify you, oh, you're a tourist in our country, and, you know, they might just want to try and scam you or, you know, pickpocket you or there and that. Um, but so we, we tell anyone who's, like visiting and that from other places, you just need to be cautious. You know, don't just take it for granted. Like your 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 belongings, you know, to leave it around. But uh, it's not like somebody's just gonna like come and attack you and uh, and that day. Um, yeah. No, thank you. Because like you, it's true, right? With perceptions on everything. So if you're you're not there, you're far away. Um, you know, and you hear all you hear is news news on the TV, and of course. Our news only tells us bad things. They never tell us good things. Good things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's only in certain areas, but every country has that. Like your certain areas will have your, you know, the the bad that's like there, and then you'll have the good areas where you know, like things are not as bad. So I think it's within every country that has like all these issues and that they um like if like we we would say oh we don't want to go to Brazil because it just seems like people are out there to like mug us and you know. And then because like when it was the World Cup and they had all these issues going on about people just like, you know, having all their belongings snatched from them. And then yet others within the country said, you know what, it's only certain areas that have that. And and, and people were like, no, okay, there's a whole group of tourists. You know, I mean, with criminals, they, they're quite clever. They know, okay, this whole group of tourists are coming in, so they like going to be like easy targets. And that. So with every country, they, I think you just have to have that extra, you know, that mindset that don't just take things for granted you know look after yourself and your belongings as well agreed agreed yeah and 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 and, and we don't have lions and giraffes free roaming uh, all <laughs> like, i don't know people have this thing that oh it's africa and we have like you said lion king comes from africa and you know that whole like if you're just things we just have these animals roaming free 
and uh, no, it's not like that. They they all nice and happy in their, you know, uh, uh, game farms or wherever in the wild that they are. So we don't have them roaming around the sea. Exactly. Good point. Good point. Yeah, but we we had one incident uh, now recently where there was a, a a guy who was breeding cheetahs, um, and uh, one of them it was a little uh, a cub and got free and ended up in someone's yard and we said oh there's it now people from overseas are going to say we have cheetahs roaming free you know <laughs> it, it was nothing like that shame they, they did uh, manage to catch it and release it into the wild but yeah i suppose you you like you said with the news you know people just believe things that they see there and it's only like once you have insight from other people do you actually know like okay don't go here don't go there don't do this don't do that mm. exactly and and you said you did you say that you're coming to South Africa next year to participate? No, but it would. Oh no, you are right, Charles. I'm going. Yeah, I'm doing a Port Elizabeth Ironman in March next year. That's exciting. Is, yeah. Have you been there before, or is that another country you're taking off your box? The box for? No, I've been there actually. Uh, now that uh, Tasneem was talking about uh, the safety and whatnot, I, I just remind remember that I did a road trip by myself <laughs> in South Africa ten years ago. No, like by myself with a car from Cape Town to, I don't know, Port Elizabeth to East London to Durban to Joburg. And it was fine, honestly. And it's actually beautiful. If you did the drive from Cape Town through to East London and that, that's that's basically our garden route. And it's one of the most beautiful. You're basically coming down to the most southern tip of Africa. That's like the end end of Africa. So that you, you basically covered all of that. That whole Cape Coastland area is one of the most beautiful, breathtaking um, areas within South Africa. The, you know, the oceans and where the two oceans meet, and that. So you you've you've done quite quite uh, a nice route of traveling. It was very nice. I mean, I did I did so many things in so little time. I know from obviously from drinking the very nice uh, South African wine uh, to having, as I said before, amazing steak everywhere you go. Uh, I did this uh, super high bungee jump in in a bridge in the middle of nowhere, which was like super frightening. But and I was not going to do it. But once I saw a fourteen year old kid asking his her, his mom for permission, I said, "I cannot allow this uh, this thing to happen. If I I need to do it." So I went and I did it uh, out of pride. Yeah, and uh, I, don't know, I saw I saw sharks in uh, in a cage. Super frightening. You, 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 you see this super huge black eye swimming next to you. I mean, it, there's so many things. I cannot explain the amount of stuff that I did in South Africa. It's just incredible. And I felt safe at all times. Yeah, yes, there's a lot. We have so much going on here. There's, um, the, like you said, the shark diving and that. So those are, you probably did the one in Cape Town with the Great Whites, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, so those are, yeah, where, where I stay, we don't have great whites. We've got the smaller, more um, uh, friendlier looking ones, so we don't have the big great whites um, in, in our oceans. I don't think any of us would want to swim if we knew we had them there. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's quite brave that you did the dive with them. And, uh, yeah, there is a lot, a lot to tour and a lot to see within SA. And oh, by the way, uh, the South African government, if you hear this, we are happy to take any contributions uh, <laughs> for just promoting the country. It's all right. I mean, uh, anything you want. There's no, there's no amount that you need to give. It's just uh, 
corporation. Yeah, it's going to be a huge influx of um, tourists coming in and triathletes coming your way. So, exactly. And, yeah. So yeah. So the one in March that's uh, that's our full Ironman in, in uh, hosted in uh, PE. So that's uh, yeah, that's the big one. I'm not yet ready for it. Um, maybe who knows? Maybe I just take a chance and decide. Oh, let me you know be adventurous and go and try it. But I just need to build up on the cycling thing. Maybe in another year or two and. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that, that was that was actually my next question. Yeah. yeah. So you, uh, Tasneem Patel, the covered athlete from South Africa, uh, what is next for you? Oh, it's like so much. So uh, I was actually telling my husband, I was like, you know what, the Ironman thing is still there to achieve that full Ironman distance, but I want to first achieve the the seventy point three and maybe do one or two more of it. You know, just sort of I like to build up into that. Uh, you know, bigger distances. Um, my mind tells me already that you know what I can do it, and I can achieve the big um, Ironman. So that's already like confidence. You know, if you have that correct mindset, it's basically physically you will feel like you can achieve it. And then uh, Kilimanjaro, the we have that Mount Kilimanjaro climb mm-hmm. as well. So that also has been sort of like appealing, and. Um, we have such beautiful trail uh, running events uh, as well that um, that come about in uh, South Africa. So that is also like catching my eye. And I said, you know what? We are so fortunate. There's so much in the fitness field to be offered. Um, and it's like, you know, you just you you need to know what you want to do and when you want to do it and how to set, you know, each each event separately. So, yeah, so definitely the... Um, the Ironman 70.3, I'm going back to finish my 90k bike uh, thing with it. You know, each one full distances. You know, if you have that OCD as every athlete, you want that 1.9 and you want that 90 to show all on your timesheet. So that's why I'm going for next. And uh, yeah, after that, I'll see. So uh, like I said, you know, we have this Comrades event, um, uh, which is uh, the 90k run. And uh, they host it basically... Either it will start from it starts from Peter Maritzburg to Durban, or they will have the Durban to Peter Maritzburg. So it's either called the up run or the down run. So I've done the down, and now I still need to go back and achieve the up. So that's also on my to-do list of of events. So yeah, slowly, slowly getting ticked off in that, and um, the, definitely the triathlon field is the first I think thing I need to achieve. <laughs> Very nice to hear. And it's good. You know what? Everybody needs to have goals. Everybody needs to have something to work for, especially if you're passionate like athlete in it. And, and you know what? I, I, growing up as a kid, I was never the sporty type. I was that shy girl. You know, when they were like picking teams, I'd be that last one that they would choose because I had butterfingers, you know, participating in whatever sports it was. I didn't, I, I always say if I knew I had this in me, you know, to be this um, passionate, sports-loving person, I, I, you know, I would have, like, you know, done all the sports I could with as, as a kid. I used to walk, I used to swim, but I didn't know I had this love for all of these other things. And, um, and well, it's never too late, you know, you it grows on you and it just becomes a part of your life and... I said, I'll always be the old lady that will still be taking part in all these running and cycling events. And, you know, and so, yeah, it's, it's good to have these, 
these, these goals that carry us through. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think, uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm being the bad cop here. Oh, it's fine. It's been such a wonderful <laughs> chat with all of you. I think I just spoke and spoke and spoke. So. No, actually, we actually have to say that in 55 episodes or 56, I think this is 56, uh, usually, you know, we, we the host, uh, conduct people uh, with questions. But uh, I think this is maybe the sec- second, let's say second time that I've heard someone just start and go very structured yeah. one by one, saying all the story without having to, 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 to inquire. So I was, I was amazed, I have to say, oh, okay. super <laughs> eloquent. I just like answered all your questions. You were like, okay, we won't ask her the questions. She's just going through with it. You know, she's just answering all our questions. <laughs> you did. It was awesome. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yes, uh, yeah. so, um, Sheila, you said you're taking part in this Iron Man tomorrow. Um, what, what is your surname? I have to go and check up and see and what is this whole Iron Man thing about and that. Oh, um, it's Trelevin. So uh, T-R-E-L-E-A-V-E-N. And I don't know, if, do you have the Iron Man app on your phone? Yes, yes. Yeah, so um, if you look up the Iron Man Montremblant, I'm number 49. Oh, okay. That's so. That's that's super. I'm gonna go and check it up. That yeah. But good luck for your race tomorrow. And Thank it was you. so nice chatting to all of you. Yeah. Yeah, it's been amazing. But we're not gonna let you go until you answer our four mandatory questions. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, I have to say something, right? So I. Okay, been, you go ahead. I um I've been in contact with Swap Neil. This was now basically last year, sometime where he he asked me to share my story about how I got into triathlon. And anyway, I sent him the story, and it was just not um, happening for us to do this podcast. And, uh, you know, eventually I just said, uh, you know, I don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry about my story and everything. And um, when this uh, Humans of Triathlon story of mine went onto Instagram and Facebook, I didn't know about it. I had no idea that this is, you know, my story is being out there. And the next thing I knew, I got people messaging me, and I had my picture all over, and I was like, what is going on? So I didn't know all of this was happening. People were like telling me, my husband knew about it first. So I, I just have to, I found it so amazing. Everybody knew about it except me. So yeah, that was like a huge, huge surprise for me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it worked out to be a great surprise. And I saw your, your, the picture of your uh, big giant poster of you and your, that campaign you were speaking about. And it's just Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, yeah, that day was just like also such a big treat and it was so nice to be part of that whole campaign also. Mm. Okay, so you were about to ask me like one last question, right? Actually four. Oh, no. Oh, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to start off, Sheila, with the questions? Sure. So the beginning of our four questions, this is question number one. Um, what message do you want people listening to the show today? to take away from your story? Okay, so the first thing is a lot of time, a lot of people tend to put their own needs aside, especially with women. We tend to have this thing where we don't allocate time for ourselves. And I think with men also, they, you know, sort of get cooped up in work and stuff and we neglect ourselves. So my message is, you know what, take that little bit of me time and allocate it to yourself. You you owe it to yourself to just find something passionate and just 
go for it and work for it. And if you are in the sporting field, if there's something that, you know, you say, I want to do it, then, then just book it and, you know, commit to the training and you have that mindset that I'm going to achieve this and just go for whatever it is that you want to go for. That's mm. a great message. It's true. We do, as women, kind of forget about ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Coming from being a mom and I work as well and that, I've learned the importance of um, allocating this me time. And, and, and I always say I steal time. You know, to, to get that swim in or to get that run in or to get that jump time in. It's like you, you're trying to like shuffle it in between all your busy uh, errands that you are doing. And, and I, I say, you know what, if I don't make this me time for myself, I think I'll just be like a one-way track, you know, just continuously doing everything and not worrying about myself. And, and especially when I, I realized this was when I got sick and, um, you know, that... Uh, I just basically neglected myself. That is why I have this thing for sports where, you know, it's, it's for me and I'm, I'm my biggest challenge and I have to, like, uh, achieve anything that it is that I put my mind to. All right. Well, so question number two, numero dos. Are there any people or brands that you'd like to give a shout-out to? Um, I have to give a big shout-out to Auto Style Motorsports. Um, that is my running club. Uh, it's my place of employment and my cycling club as well. And um, it's the people within there uh, that sort of motivated me also more into the sport and uh, got me more into running and that. So a big shout out to them for, you know, giving me this light and seeing that I had this uh, passion for, for sports and directing me more into it. So definitely a big shout out to Autostyle. All right. So before we ask our very last question, can you tell everybody listening today where they can find you online? Okay. So um, I am on Instagram. My uh, Instagram um, name is T-I-S underscore N-E-E-M. And it's, uh, my full name is Tisneem Dokrat. Okay. So Tisneem Patel is my married surname. And the other surname, that's my uh, maiden surname. So, and Facebook as well, you can find me on its name, uh, Dokra. And uh, I think everyone will be able to identify the picture, like it's the same picture all over. Yeah, so that's, that's basically how you can get hold of me. I'm, I'm more active on Instagram than I am on Facebook. So, yeah. And, and I'm, you know what, I'm open to any, any people asking questions, any advice. Um, like I said, you know, like my, my story came from a battle of fighting depression. And uh, I, I can't begin to explain the amount of messages I've received from people, not with only within South Africa, but other countries, like um, asking for advice, asking for, you know, like people trying to seek help into getting better. So I'm, I'm like an open book. If you want any questions or any advice, I'm willing to help or you know, um, try and see what I can do for other people as well. All right. And our last, very last question, the most important question ever in this podcast. Why do you try? I try because I gave up on myself. I, um, I, I was fighting this depression and I said, I give up. 
And when I found triathlon, I said, you know what, you gave up on yourself, but now you are going to try to be better. So that was my little, my little mind that thing that I used to have in the back. You are going to try to be better. That's where the whole triathlon thing came in. So triathlon for me is huge. It's um, physically and it's mentally. You know, for someone to fight a mental uh, illness and to see that you know what you can come out mentally strong to achieve whatever you want to achieve. That's what triathlon is for. For me. All right. Thank you very, very, very much for coming on today, Tasneem. It's been uh, very awesome, awesome. Uh, to, to yeah, absolutely. And and I, I look forward to seeing you um, within South Africa. That that would be nice. So you have to tell me when you are around, and uh, yeah, that would be good to you know to meet you people in person. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I'm thinking about being. I'm not sure where exactly you're based, but I'm thinking maybe spend a few days in Joburg. Uh, and then uh, head out, head down to to PE. Maybe spend a couple more days in Cape Town, and then go back home. But yeah. I think that's. Uh, so I'm, I'm in the KwaZulu uh, Natal coast, so that's like your way. If you, if you've heard of like King Shaka and um, you know all the uh, Amshlanga and all those kind of areas, it's more like the warmer coastal areas. So Cape Town has more the ice cold swim waters, and we have the warmer side of the ocean. Ooh. So, yeah, definitely we most of, uh, we have all the Cape Townian people coming to uh, Durban to, to come and enjoy our warmer water. <laughs> so, yeah, you definitely need to come and visit our, our province as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Sounds nice. Okay, we'll do, we'll do. Okay, yes, and good luck, Sheila, for your race tomorrow. I'm definitely going to go and check up on everything. Oh, well, thank you so much. I can use all the cheers I can get. So, it'll be awesome. Yes, yes. All right. Thank you so much, and have a have a wonderful day. And uh, yeah, shame Sheila, you got up at five a.m. So now you can go and catch a snooze again. <laughs> yeah, for a little bit, and then I have to go um, bring in my bike and all my gear bags and check them in today. So I'll be getting that ready too. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tasneem, and you all listeners. Thank you very much for listening. Whether you are in uh, in a car driving commute to work or in the tube in the subway in the beach or if you use this for training for motivation and you are right now punching through the pedals in front of swift and sweating like a pig in your um in your what it's called the pain cave then uh, thank you very much and uh, we'll see you very soon ciao ciao Bye. thanks for listening everyone thanks for being a part of this humans of triathlon community hope you're enjoying the show and the other content make sure to join us again next week here on the hot podcast where we'll bring you another amazing guest and story from this audrey but extra audrey world of triathlon until then everyone keep trying